Welcome to the Financial Fitness Bunny Podcast, your number one stop shop to all things money management. My name is Nicolette Mashile, also known as The Financial Bunny. And of course, I'm back again to put lipstick on the money pig. This week, I read a book called Train Your Way to Financial Fitness. It's written by Shannon McClay, and she's the founder of the Financial Gym. And I must tell you a story, if you've never heard this story. A couple of years ago, no, in actual fact, in 2019, I had an opportunity to travel to New York for a friend's birthday and then uh, me being me I was like I'm not gonna go there just for fun times let me see if I can set up some meetings with a couple of notable financial brands and one of those was the financial gym so I wanted to tour the gym and see what it looks like what is it that they do what is their product or service offering I sent them an email and you know they 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 responded which was actually quite a big shock to me and I had an appointment the moment I landed in New York I went straight to the financial gym and they showed me around the area they showed me what they do they told me listen um, they do personal finance coaching with their clients and um, but they wanted to tell me the story of their founder and her name is Shannon McClain so basically, what happened was Shannon McClay herself worked in the financial services sector. And um, while she was working there as a financial advisor in the corporate space, um, she realized that she herself was not in good financial shape, right? Despite having a successful career, she had a, what is called a disastrous balance sheet. And she was financially fat in her own words, right? By the way, she also um, makes quite a lot of comparisons between finance and uh, fitness, right? Or maybe not fitness per se, but let's say the weight loss journey ultimately. So she makes quite a lot of this uh, of these comparisons to say there are people who when you do an audit of their finances find out that they're financially slim financially fit or financially fat or financially obese and so she uses that metaphor of weight loss to be able to identify where somebody is in terms of their financial status right so um, again one of the things that um, they speak a lot about when they talk about Shannon is the fact that she did I think try the biggest loser um, and when she did the biggest loser it was easy for her to find information about your weight loss journey support systems but when she was trying to get herself financially fit the issue was lack of resources lack of places to be able to go to and that is why she then created the financial gym it was such an amazing thing i actually came back to south africa and i wanted to try it out what i wanted to add for the south african mix was um financial psychology because what they had is financial coaching then if you needed any types of financial products to get you to a space where you can be financially fit they would then recommend you to a financial advisor um and of course herself, um, she is a financial advisor, so she was able to assist you. Now, obviously, I'm not a financial advisor. So one of the things that I was finding was that I was leaving most of my coaching clients in a loop because to really put the stamp on financial fitness, you do need a mix of some financial products. But I had no, uh, I've got no licensing to be able to do that. Of course, no expertise either. So I was leaving my clients in a loop. So I had brought in somebody to do financial advisory. And then I thought, you know what? A majority of us, most of the financial decisions we make uh, are deeply rooted in psychology, deeply rooted in trauma, deeply rooted in a, a level of attachment style that we may have. So you do need a financial psychologist to just sometimes speak to you. And I think financial issues sometimes, if somebody can just lend you an ear, it, it, it really changes the trajectory because it gives you a, another set of eyes to be able to see what's actually happening with your finances. So... 
this is what Shannon and them had done so I wanted to replicate it unfortunately had done all of the replication kind of had our own model going and was supposed to launch in 2020 April and of course you know exactly what happened we got uh, COVID um, hard lockdown and that kind of fell flat on its face maybe I'll, I'll get back to it I'll see I'll see maybe I'll definitely get back to it one of the things that Shannon says in her book is that the first conversation that you need to have with yourself is understanding what it is that you want and then discover what can be done so that you are able to get that she says we can't always get what we want meaning that we can't spend on every desire we do need to choose and prioritize to secure a happy life plus a happy and secure financial future i think that's one of the most important things and today that's what i want to talk a little bit about we'll talk a little bit about how do you pick and choose some of the things that you need to Invest in, for instance, to be able to secure that financial future. How do you not stick to one thing? I know um, Warren Buffett, um, there's a saying about Warren Buffett. I don't know how accurate it is. And he speaks about people who want to diversify, don't know what it is that they're doing. It's it's, it's attached to him, whether he said it or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I I believe in diversification. And, I, and I'll start off here. You know, we talk a lot about additional income streams in a country like South Africa. But the reality is in many of the jobs that we do, that's where we are actually being underpaid, right? Now, um, when you want to diversify, imagine nine to five and you are in this corporate business, corporate company, you're working as an employee. And then somebody says to you, you must diversify. You must add additional income. I mean, they said to you, you must add additional income streams. And you're sitting there and you're like, ah, I can't take any another job. <laughs> After spending nine to five hours, nine to five at work. And now I must take another job, guys. It's really exhausting and taxing. So I then thought, you know what, maybe what we should be saying to people is diversify how you actually get your income. Diversify that you minimize some losses. Diversify so that you don't feel like you are being exhausted on a daily basis just to make money. I, I, I feel like there is no joy that comes from an income that feels like you had to labor so hard for it. But when you do the pros and cons of whether this money is even worth it, you realize that it actually does not feel worth it at all. So it's important to then try to diversify how you actually make your income. But maybe let's talk a little bit about, you know, diversification and what exactly is it, you know, what exactly does diversification look like and why is it so important? Well, um, I think in the simplest terms, diversification is important because there's no one single investment that is guaranteed to perform well at all times. There's a gentleman by the name of Tony Robbins and he created an all-weather investment approach, all-weather investment portfolio. And basically, even if you look at that all-weather investment portfolio, what you realize is that he's got a diversified amount of assets in there as based from his asset allocation to try and actually derive these advantages of diversifying. So what are we talking about? When you're making a smoothie, there's no way you're going to make a banana smoothie and just blend a banana and that is it, right? You're going to add in an apple, you're going to add in, you know, some strawberries, some yogurt. That's you diversifying in terms of taste of what it is that you want to eat in or drink in your smoothie. So it's almost similar. Like for instance, if you take the stock market, um, many people, if you are invested in the stock market, you must have at some point in your life chosen that one stock that does not do great as an individual stock. But somehow when you find that stock in an ETF or in the unit trust, it is 
almost camouflaged by the other stocks. So you don't really always feel, you know, when there is a, 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 a turbulence in that share price of that stock because it is covered by the other stocks. So that's what we talk about when we talk about, you know, diversification. We know that if one investment performs poorly, the others may perform well, which can then help in balancing out the overall performance of your portfolio. So you can either diversify in terms of the stock market, diversify in terms of industry. For instance, you're not taking only just energy um, stocks or just food stocks or just banking stocks. You are diversifying in terms of having a very healthy mix in terms of that stock mix that you're looking for. But how do you go about in diversifying your portfolio? Well, there are very several ways in which you can diversify your portfolio. One, it is to invest in a variety of different types of assets. So we're looking at your shares, we're looking at bonds, we're looking at real estate, we're looking at livestock, we're looking at cryptocurrency. You could even add in some trading in there just so that you've got a different mix of how you are actually trying to derive income. As I said, another way is to look at different industries. So technology, healthcare, finance, food, beverages. That's another way for you to be able to, to, to diversify. A third way is also by looking at regions. You know, um, you could be localities, for instance. You could be heavily invested in the South African market, whereas you could diversify by going into in the European market or the American market, Indian market, and that's really diversifying in terms of geographical locations. But of course, it depends on your risk management or risk appetite. So you can't copy somebody else's diversified portfolio just because it's a diversified portfolio and works. Because some people don't have an, a, a risk appetite, for instance, for emerging markets. And if that person is diversified in bringing in some emerging markets into their fold, you may find it difficult to be able to hold on and not panic sell when something happens within those emerging markets. Or for instance, during um, the hard lockdown, um, we remember Sasol it went through various fluctuations, right? So the share price also just went in, out, in, out, up, down, in, out, you know. So you can't be the type of person that if you, those are the markets that, or those are the industries that you really are averse to and that's where you want to go into. So it's very important to make sure that you are keeping those things at the back of your mind. And I do think that it is worth it really speaking to an investment expert, um, somebody who of course is registered to be able to give you investment advice because those guys, that's their day-to-day. You know, they sit there and they are looking at markets. They're looking at asset classes. They are looking at, you know, the, what are the different economic environments that are created on a daily basis. They can pro, um, project what their economic environments are. For instance, right now, a lot of people are looking for investments that can beat inflation, investments that can weather the high interest rates. So those are the things that you you want to, to focus on, um, but you may not have the expertise. So you and I may not have the expertise to be able to do these types of things. So that's why you then bring somebody in, right? Somebody in to be able to assist you. I was actually talking to a farmer well, I mean, we call them a farmer because that is the formal word for it, right? But when you go to Ekasi or Marai, uh, uh, where I'm from, you know, you, you find people that have livestock. They're not necessarily farmers, but of course they work in that space. So we call them small-scale farmers, right? Who have cows, who have sheep, who have different uh, uh, pigs and all of those things. Even within their cows, the types of cows that they keep, there is a diversification in there. So they'll have different types of cows, the Brahmans, the milk cows, you know, the, the cows that are... Uh, 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 baby making <laughs> and I say baby making cows 
<laughs> but you know those cars that breed and they can you know they can they can they they can handle gestation for that long and can actually help in in expanding or at least giving you more cows over a couple of years so those are the kind of things that you need to think about when we're talking about investing diversification is an important part of investing so yeah my top 10 tips in terms of diversifying i think the first one is allocate across all different asset classes learn about those different asset classes know which asset class behaves in what manner when there is certain environmental fact i mean economic factors that are taking place around it so how do the bond how does the bond market react to increased interest rates how does the stock market react to inflation you know all of these things how does this, the law of supply and demand affect stock real estate bonds commodities crypto all of those things understand how they are affected by different economic environments so that you can have a good diversification strategy in terms of what it is that you are going to be investing in the second one is of course be open to domestic foreign markets emerging markets growth markets all of those things so that you have an understanding of what it is that you can expect from them the third one is spread your industry spread across industries spread across sectors you know as i said healthcare transportation banking food um tech um you know all of those things are pharmaceuticals all of these things are industries that can give you a level of exposure to a certain return but they have a level of risk that is attached to them but when you diversify them you at least are buffering yourself from a full scale you know a a a a risk situation number 4 consider alternative investments such as private equity and hedge funds again it is a conversation with a financial advisor conversation with an investment specialist to say what options do i have in private equity what options do i have in hedge funds can i and also remember and 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 referring back to another episode that we did talking about uh, nick maguili's book which is just keep buying one of the things he said is the amount of time you invest in finding the right investment is dependent also on the income level that you are at so how much do you have to invest if you only have for instance a thousand rand to invest every single month of course then hedge funds are probably not where you should be putting your money so don't spend too much time trying to invest in hedge funds or understanding them where right now you should be focusing on increasing that income so that you can unlock those types of investment options so this time at 1000 rand you could be looking at maybe a a 20 of uh, 60 40 60% goes into maybe a stock uh, uh, a mix an ETF or a unit trust and then your 40% could be going into even a money market or you could be putting it into bonds whichever one works for you but i think at that point don't overcomplicate investing for yourself right the fifth one is use actively and passively manage funds i think um the the more you take out stress from investing the better um but also look at the cost implications because many of these funds I mean their mix is the same in a, a great invest a uh, great um fund managers generally have a great investment strategy right and in that great investment strategy they can justify why they've said they've done certain things so some of these funds may look a bit alike but the fee structure is also going to really determine whether or not you're going into them or not try to rebalance 
regularly to maintain desired asset allocation. So a good financial advisor, and this was told to me a couple of years ago, and I think it was by my wealth expert. His name is Mdu Lutuli from Lutuli Capital. And he said a good financial advisor is one that is able to see ahead of time where a rebalancing might be needed, right? Even within asset classes, like for instance, if you are investing in buy-to-let property, you do need to diversify. Have some studios, have one bedrooms, two bedrooms, bottom floor, garden floor, top floor, localities, class them, A, B or C properties, Kasi properties, township properties, a town, suburbs, student accommodation, you know, commercial property. Yes, it may be better to stick to one because you think you know it. Like for instance, I, I, I stuck to residential property for too long. And if I look at my yields, I don't think it's worth it. So I could have diversified in terms of, okay, maybe I need a commercial property somewhere in there, you know, to see what are the types of returns I can get from commercial property. It's also important to avoid putting too much in one security or an industry. And the only way you can do this calculation is by really sitting down, asking yourself, how much do I have to invest every single month? Then putting it down in terms of the investments that you currently have. You do what is called asset allocation or asset allocation assessment, where you actually check where is the majority of your money sitting in. And I can tell you now, my majority of my money is sitting in property. Almost 80% of my money is sitting in property. But what happens if the property market goes pear-shaped? You know, so these are some of the things that we've got to think about when we're talking about diversifying and investing our own hard-earned money into assets that are going to bring us actual returns. Make sure that also you consider a RAND cost averaging approach. This is where you pick a certain amount of money, especially when you're still in the lower incomes or lower, lower investment allocation income. If you've got a thousand rand every single month, make sure that you are putting in the thousand rand every single month because it will give you the returns. I always say in unit trusts and ETFs, when you are buying consistently every single month the same amount of money, one of the things that is going to ultimately happen is that there will be a month where there's going to be a big sale and you can buy literally anything that you want at that low price. When the market rebalances itself out, all of a sudden, you've got more in your portfolio than you would have had if you actually readjusted how much you invest if there was, you know, a drop in the market. So, for instance, if a if you're buying cows, cows are worth 50 rand a cow and with 500, you are buying 10 of them. But the day the cow price drops and it drops to 10 rand a cow, you are able to buy 50 cows that month. But when it rebalances back to 50 rand a cow, all of a sudden now you've got 60 cows multiplied by 50 rand. Do you get what I'm saying? That's how this, this idea of rand cost averaging works. So it's very, very important um, that you, 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 you actually just think a little bit about what it is that you're doing. And I always say to people, don't overwhelm yourself. Get a financial advisor to assist you, to get a financial advisor to give you the right advice. But most importantly, be involved in what it is that you are doing so that you know exactly what to expect. I think often too many of us leave and we outsource this part of our finances to somebody else and then we just hope for the best. 
make sure you don't have that ostrich mentality where you're keeping your head low and you're hoping that something comes out of it. Anyway, I'm going to leave it here. Thank you very much for listening to Yes, Your Money Does Matter, a financial fitness bunny podcast. Do remember, this is not financial advice. If you are looking for financial advice, please do speak to somebody who is certified and registered with the FSCA to be able to give you that financial advice. Until next time, happy investing and I'll see you guys on the next one.